0: Yeah, you know, it, it it's beginning to track even more that I would have seen Cheers, but you would not have. Here's why. Central we Time. You grew up in Eastern Time Zone yeah. and I grew up in Central Time Zone, which means Nick at Night started a whole hour earlier for me. So if they did like a 8 to 8.30 Cosby show and an 8.30 to 9.00 Cheers for me, that's 9 to nine thirty, nine thirty to 10 for you. And that
1: would be too late. So what you're saying is this entire call the sack is pointless and it's gonna get cut.
2: Well Jessica and zach from the day they were born, they started watching comedy because it was on.
1: She was a golden girl, he had Seinfeld on the brain. They said a nine-year-old Frasier fan might just be insane. Harry and the Hendersons, Mindy and
2: Mork, now Jessica and Zach get together and talk. They'll never say the sitcom's glory days are gone, they'll still watch it because it because it was on, because it was on, because it was on, because it was on, because it was on early to set up a Patreon, and I'll call it Because It Was On, Because It Was On, Because Because It Was On, on. Because It Was On, Because Because It Was on. On.
1: Hello, and welcome to Because It Was On. We are like that fancy film podcast, but for people who like to talk about that episode of Small Wonder, where a schoolyard drug pusher tries to hook Vicky, a robot child, on drugs, and the whole ass family organizes a sting to take down the grade school dealer.
2: Hey pal, from now on, that's as high as you're gonna get.
1: I'm Zachary, and my boss was playing in the city dump and suffocated in an old refrigerator, and we all learned how important it is to remove your refrigerator's door before disposing of it.
0: Mm, Your boss never saw Punky Brewster. I'm Jessica, and I've gotten really into roller skating this week. Don't worry. By next week's time, my rise to fame in the local roller derby scene will be all but forgotten.
1: You're going to go mad with power.
0: For one week, I'll be the she-devil on eight wheels.
1: And Jessica, what are we talking about this week, if they haven't guessed it by now?
0: Mm -mm -mm. Well, Zachary, my birthday's in June. My birthday, June 20th. And we have a little tradition here at Because It Was On, that for either of our birthdays, we can pull the birthday card, which means that... Whatever the person, the birthday guy or gal, wants to record for their birthday episode, the other cannot in any way veto that suggestion. And so here we are, folks, on the eve of my birthday, recording my very special episode. And to celebrate Pride Month, I've chosen perhaps the most aggressively heterosexual show to ever exist. We are going to be talking about the will they, won't they of Sam and Diane on Cheers. I'm so excited.
1: I I'm, I'm excited too. Uh, this was my first dive into Cheers. I'm you're going to be taking me on a journey and holding my hand. Um, <laughs> I've only seen the, the episodes that you assigned, <laughs> so you're going to be my I'll fill in the gaps. Yeah, gonna be my tour guide gap through this journey. It's, it'll
0: be fine. It'll be fine. We'll work together. On this. I have
1: a picture of what's going on. Um, yeah,
0: but let yeah. me just say, uh, Jessica,
1: you totally failed to to grab the bag because I would have said yes to this anyways. It was it was on the schedule. I
0: know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I wanted to do it now. I wanted to do it now, and it's 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 the only way I'm going to be able to talk about Cheers now is if I do it this way. <laughs> this is the card that had to be played. I wanted it now. Uh, but I will make one half-hearted. This is my very half-hearted, half-assed attempt to convince you that Cheers, Cheers belongs in in the Pride Month <laughs> <laughs> lineup. Here's my half-hearted attempt. So let's just turn a quick blind eye to the gay jokes and the like, rampant homophobia. Shut that down for a minute. Boop, 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 shut off. Shut it off.
1: A little light in the loafers.
0: <laughs> shut, shut it all off. Here's my pitch to you. I don't believe there is a single other show on television that so strongly endorses and like underlines the idea of found family.
1: I think it's true. I mean, well, I not not that it's like a superlative and that there are other shows. But yeah, it's like, really strong.
0: A couple of episodes ago we just talked about how like Will and Grace are doing everything they possibly can to like ditch their found family for like a hetero romantic or homo-romantic, I suppose family like true atomic structure family cheers does quite the opposite sam backs out of his marriage and backs out of his opportunity to have like a standard man woman two kids and a dog picket fence life in order to stay with his chosen family like what do we close out on the series on it's sam walking away from diane walking away from that romantic marriage that he could have had and choosing to spend those final moments smoking the celebratory cigars with the true family of his life, his found family, his chosen family. And so here, Zach, is my half, half-hearted half attempt to, <laughs> to pitch to you that Cheers belongs in Pride Month. It is a found family narrative.
1: So I'm going to yes and you. And uh, <laughs> I, I'll say we talked a little bit about On the show before, we've spoken about like an aspect of camp culture, like one piece of it is this idea of queer people watching media that's not meant for them and sort of like intentionally queerifying it or just like putting on a lens and choosing to see queer things where they were not intended to be seen. And uh, watching these, I got very invested in Cliff and Norm as a couple.
2: I'm not going back out. There. The other guys are going to laugh at me. No one's going to laugh at you. Those people care about you and they know that you're hurting. Anybody who laughs at you has got to answer to me. Tommy. You're about the best friend I ever had.
1: You're mine. I would go to their bed and breakfast in Vermont. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there, there. It would be a functioning, healthy relationship. You just ignore all of the times that they're like, literally drooling over the Miss Edy Tedy Weedy bikini competition, openly in the bar. Put that out of your mind, and
1: they're, they're You the, have a beautiful. Re- in my head, that they they are two beautiful. They are the rare bisexual male and male couple and
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it it is canon um that cliff is like a virgin up until about 38 years old so you know just say
1: another thing is
0: norm hates his wife just (laughs) say yeah
1: uh maybe they'd be happier together that's what i choose to believe and they they choose to be with each other more than they do women
0: (laughs) it's true it's a found family baby but Zachary, you said that you did not watch a lot of Cheers yeah. growing up. Was it, it was it just yeah. something on that you said I'm a skip, or it just never came across your path for consumption? I don't
1: feel like Cheers was in my path that often. I don't remember it being on a ton at Nick at Night. It also it didn't pass the vibe for check me. for me. Like just I would watch it, and it was like this smoky <laughs> bar room, and it wasn't very colorful. A very muted tones. Um, just mostly middle-aged men, and I was like, "This isn't passing the vibe check for me." I'm sorry, no.
0: Well, you know who it passed the vibe check for? You. My nine-year-old ass. <laughs> Nine years old, hard picking up Nick at night. I see a Smoked Field bar from the '80s, peopled with mainly middle-aged men talking about all of the women they'd like to have sex with, and I said, "Hey, maybe this is the show for me, huh?" And I stuck around (laughs) for a long ass time. I can't really tell you what drew me to it all that much. I think I was just interested in the 80s as a concept. So I stuck around. Uh, I never, even as a kid, loved sitcoms that had a lot of kids in them. And so this was just like an all adult show showing me like a a peep into like an entirely adult world. It felt a little bit naughty and a little bit risque, but because it was a sitcom from the eighties that my parents knew, they still let me watch it, even though they're kind of in this bar doing like naughty bar things. And so I got away with it and it felt just like a little adult. And I just thought like you watch it and the writing is good. It's it weaves a strong narrative. It's a funny show. And for whatever reason, nine-year-old Jessica, fully addicted to Cheers. Loved it. I watched every single episode. I consumed every single episode. I would print pictures out and like hang them in my locker of the Cheers cast as a like 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old. Junior high was rough, you guys. I remember like very distinctly For those of you who have not listened to like our introductory episode where I go into this, I remember very distinctly, I was very active on an early internet forum dedicated to sitcoms. and I was specifically active in the Cheers thread. We looked it up when we first started this podcast and my friends, I did thousands of posts, not dozens, not hundreds, thousands of posts in the Cheers thread sitcoms online forum it was my shit i went to a sleepover and demanded i hop on this girl's dial up motherfucking internet so i could stay up to date on what was happening in the cheers (laughs) message board this was it for me this was my everything i've seen every single episode of cheers many 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 multiples of time now here's the thing zachary um I've seen Cheers a lot. I watched Cheers mostly from like age nine to like age like 17. That's when it was like a core part of my television viewing experience, which means as an adult, I've picked up the random episode here or there as like a nostalgia thing of like, oh, remember this. And I still do remember everything. But coming back to watch it again as an adult has been an odd experience for sure. Um, especially when I'm coming back, watching it as an adult for a podcast where like, I am looking for takes. <laughs> <laughs> so you notice a lot of things and it's just, um, It's tough because I do view it through such like rose colored glasses of like, this is the thing that informed baby Jessica. It is a big reason why I consider myself funny. You guys better think I'm funny. It's a reason why I consider myself funny is because (laughs) I watched Cheers and like I learned humor through Cheers. It's weird to come back to it as an adult. There's lots of stuff I noticed. But part of it was really nice too. It was a lot like, I don't know, coming home in a way this past week. Uh, And that felt good because Zachary, what do you call my mother? Uh, What is the nickname you've so lovingly bestowed upon her? Shelley Long. Why do you call my mom Shelley Long? Uh,
1: Because Shelley Long and your mom are like twinsies. In fact, uh,
0: my mom looked exactly like Shelley Long. She had the blonde hair and the big blue eyes. And when she was, you know, that same age, she had the same haircut growing up. People always used to tell her she looked just like Shelley Long. For listeners who've popped in at random points in time, you may not have heard me like talk about my mom's passing at all. But my mom passed about 18 months ago at this point in time. She was diagnosed with cancer at 58. Uh, she died eight months later. And so it's just like when I say it feels like coming home, like I mean it in a very different way <laughs> than I ever would have before watching it. In this context, because not only did my mom look like Shelley Long, she sounded like Shelley Long. Like they were twinsies in like every single way. So, um, it's probably a, a weird thing, but watching the show and spending so much time with it, like I recognize this as a character and a completely different woman, uh, and it's not my mother, but it it's the closest thing, like approximate of spending time with my mother that I'll probably ever have again. So it was. Quite lovely in that way. Yeah, I found myself like as Diane was leaving, and like season five, the the final episode, I do adieu. I like I've watched the episode a million times, but knowing this is when Diane leaves, I like I was truly a wreck this time watching it. I crying like please just marry him, Diane. Yeah. Don't go, stay. Um, and that's why.
1: Yeah, your your mom also had sort of a little bit like the mannerisms of Diane a little bit. She wasn't like snooty or anything, but she had a very like crisp addiction like Diane. Um, Mm -hmm. They were were very similar.
0: Yeah, she had the posture, you know, (laughs) very. um, So that's why I that's why personally as an adult, like you cannot tell me shit about Diane. You cannot you cannot tell me shit about Shelley Long. I'll defend them tooth and nail because that's my mom. mom. (laughs) Um, And I feel like it's all like, and I like to think I have a little bit of that in me. I have a little bit of Diane Chambers with me as well.
1: I think that's true. I feel
0: very connected (laughs) to that character.
1: I, um, I was not familiar in any meaningful way, of course, with Diane before this. I fucking love Diane. Uh,
0: i live for diane
1: she's fucking crazy i I I agree with the show she is crazy and i love it
0: i always have loved diane interestingly and i think we'll talk about it a little more as a kid i actually identified way more with carla Mm -hmm. and we can talk about it but even as i got older still a kid watching it i quickly was like no it's diane for me it's always been diane for me (laughs) um it's it's definitely Diane. She is crazy and I do fucking love it. I think Shelley Long's a little crazy and I do fucking love it. Um but it's 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 Diane. I love Diane. Uh I I'm I'm a very pale skinned person and Diane has this line where Diane is also very pale. They're, I know they're this line. bagging on her cuz cuz of me, right?
1: Yeah, you said it once and it like And it's been with, with you brain, forever. Yeah.
0: Yes because it doesn't make you any friends unless, it, unless you're trying to like find very specific people but they were bagging on her and she said, I have what restoration poets call alabaster skin and the way that I've repeated this line to anyone who's ever called me pale and they look at me like, I, I feel it I know what Diane felt because it's exactly how they look at me because they don't get the fucking res- reference
2: You got skin the color of Elmer's glue <laughs> I happen to have what restoration poets referred to as alabaster skin.
0: They don't know that I'm quoting a television show from 40 years ago. So I feel it. And that has been with me forever.
1: B.B. Newworth has an album. B.B. Newworth played Lilith in Cheers and Fraser. And she has an album where she plays like old timey uh, Broadway hits. And it's called Porcelain.
2: And then there was the abbot who worshipped at my feet and dressed me in a wimple and in veils. He made a proposition which I found rather sweet and handed me a hammer and some nails. In time we lay contented. And he began again by fingering the beads around our waists. I whispered to him then, we'll have to say amen. For I had developed more Catholic taste.
1: And I, I love it. it. It's a very campy, cheesy album. And I listen to it all the time. And every time I see Bewey Neworth, who is like a ghost, and just like the words and cursive porcelain as she's looking up to God, I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and specifically the line yes. where you just turned to me one day and said, I have what the restoration poets call alabaster skin.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I didn't know that on this podcast today in this moment, th- this is truly my birthday episode, folks, because the universe is throwing me love, that on this day I would be compared favorably to both Diane Chambers and B.B. Newworth. (laughs) this is it this is the ultimate this is what nine-year-old Jessica was living for my friends
1: if uh Diane Chambers and real life B.B. Newworth did like uh Dragon Ball Z (laughs) fusion dance and they merged it'd be you
0: (laughs) it'd be me wow wow happy birthday Jessica that's it that's all I need I'm carried through to the next year uh, well, I could go on and on and on and on and on talking about um, how this has had such an it, it, outsized impact on my life and the new special thing that it means to me now as an adult. I could talk about that for hours, but we have a very specific topic that we are talking about. Um, we are talking about the will they won't they of Sam and Diane. We're,
1: yeah, we're returning so, to the will they won't they series
0: yes we did one last season about friends we'll talk about it a little bit so i realized i gushed about cheers for like 12 minutes straight and i didn't orient anyone uh on what the show is and if our numbers on our tiktoks and our downloads mean anything it's that if this show was if a show was earlier than the 90s people are skipping it so i'm gonna orient those of you that stuck around So Cheers, uh, it premiered in 1982. It premiered on NBC, quite notable in its first season. It premiered um, last in the ratings. It's one of the few shows ever on television to have held the, the last spot and the first spot in the ratings during its run. So it really struggled its first season on NBC And basically what it is, is it is a show about Sam Malone played by Ted Danson. Um, If you know Ted Danson, you probably, if you don't know him from Cheers, you probably know him from The Good Place. He was Michael in The Good Place.
2: Time on earth moves in a straight line. One thing happens, then
0: the next, then the next. Time in the afterlife moves in a Jeremy Baramy. What? he is a former Red Sox relief pitcher who lost his career due to alcoholism and one night on a drunken bender he ends up buying a bar called Cheers so it is located in Boston I've been to it by the way Uh, both the outside set and the replica bar, been to them. I moved to Boston, people. I moved to Boston for two years specifically because I love Cheers. Anyway uh, <laughs> it was for grad school, yeah. but it like I chose Boston for a reason. Anyway, um, so Sam buys the bar cheers, and it is peopled by all sorts of a fun cast of characters of barflies. You have Norm, Cliff, the mailman. You have Coach, the bartender, who's uh, after he passes is later replaced by Woody, played by Woody Harrelson. You have Frasier Crane, played by Kelsey Grammer, obviously, who later starred in the series spinoff, Frasier. You have Carla Tortelli, the wisecracking waitress. And then uh, I would say most importantly, rounding out our cast, at least for the first five seasons, you have Diane Chambers, played by Shelley Long. And so how our series kicks off, and it's one of the best pilots ever written, Um, my husband has taken film classes and as part of like what he studied in school uh, and this pilot is taught as like the pinnacle of pilot writing of like this is the best pilot ever written and what happens is Diane is left at a bar by her fiance Sumner Sloan um, and throughout the course of the day while she's sitting at the bar people come and go but who really never comes back is her Uh, Her fiance, who, while retrieving the wedding ring from his ex-wife, falls back in love with his ex-wife, leaves Diane at the bar, and lo and behold, Diane uh, has no other option but to become a waitress at Cheers. And thus begins a five-year will-they-won't-they between Diane and Sam. And that, my friends, is who we will be digging into today.
1: Yeah, quite the ride these two went on. Um, (laughs) Fire and Brimstone. I read that it was inspired by Catherine Hepburn and some other (laughs) guy who had like a big tabloid romance.
0: Yeah, Cheers is credited as having one of the very first big will they won't they's on television. Yeah. So it basically wrote the script for a lot of the tropes that we see follow it. Um, So Moonlighting takes a lot from Sam and Diane. Friends takes a lot from Sam and Diane. It is sort of the, the cornerstone, will they, won't they, in all of television. So obviously very important that we take a little peek under the hood and we understand exactly how these two uh, how these two kids make it work or don't
1: yeah I think off the bat I'll I'll just say that my main takeaway from this is you can definitely tell that this was sort of like the originator of a lot of the trope um, of the will they won't they because it's so much more meaty and like substantial than Later reiterations of the trope. We complained a lot in the Ross and Rachel episode about the sheer emptiness of the will they, won't they. Uh, But I I do not have that complaint about uh, Sam and Diane. There is a lot going Mm, on. Correct. There Um, There
0: is a lot going on there and it feels very natural. Yeah,
1: this is not Truck and Stacy.
0: The development. This is not Truck and (laughs) Stacy. No Truck and Stacy syndrome going here. There's there's something going on with Sam and Diane.
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: All right, let's get into it. So I think, Zachary, what makes a lot of sense here is in our friends episode on the will they won't they trope. We did talk about what makes a good will they won't they. And I thought we could use this and talk about where Cheers we think fits in, where it doesn't. And maybe where else Cheers is adding on or or building their will they, won't they?
1: Yeah. Uh, So we have a list of criteria that we, it's actually you who developed most of this for the uh, friends episode of what is included in the will they, won't they? So Mm -hmm. let's, let's review the list and see where we hit and uh, see if we want to alter our criteria.
0: Yes, I agree. So the first one on the list was they have to be good looking and young, but not too young. I think we can both agree that they check the box here. Yep.
1: You want it to be in sort of that sweet spot of where you are not like teenagers or just like just out of the home. And you don't want to be like too old and settled for like marketability. So that sort of like... Youngish adult 30 something, where you do have stakes, you have put down some roots, but there is some flexibility there. You still can move around if you need to, and it's not like a crazy thing.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think that that fits for both of them. I believe our characters are both in their early 30s. Yeah. I know the actors certainly were. So I think we check off that list, right? On good looking and young, check. This one I'm curious to your thoughts on generic enough that they can be projected on to.
1: Yeah. So uh I would say that this criteria is a mark of generally like a more low quality, will they won't they? And I just don't think mm-hmm. that this is Sam and Diane. I have a perfect understanding not I feel of who Diane is as a person.
0: Yes. Yes. Like what she yes. wants, what
1: she needs, her goals, same for her Sam. Um they are not Correct. empty characters.
0: They are absolutely not empty characters. Diane is very particular. Yeah. And like, even within the universe of the show, like she's not well liked <laughs> yeah. in the universe of the show. Rapidly hated. She's brainy. <laughs> yes. I, like, yes. Brainy. Not a ton of self-awareness. Uh, unattainable, I think, in a lot of ways. And I don't think there are a lot of women that look at Diane and say, I want to be Diane. If you do, ladies, let's kiki. But I don't think that there's a lot here to say she's like generic and open to be projected onto. I do think that that is a mark of like what Shears built, being taken, stripped down and then repackaged for mass consumption out to other sitcoms. I don't think it tracks here. I do think that Sam is a touch more relatable, though. I think in, in maybe relatable is not the right word, but I do feel like in many ways, Sam is like the typical male fantasy that many hetero cis straight men kind of want to be.
1: I would I would say it's actually very interesting. I think that they both are, both Ross and Sam are for their time periods, a kind of male fantasy. Um, to review Ross. Mm. Ross is um, he is a dinosaur professor and <laughs> Dino Doctor. Yeah, and he has so he is like this white collar um, intellectual, but he has like a cool science job. He has that cool STEM job, and um, he he's like relatably dorky, and um, he he gets the girl. He, he gets the hot girl that um, he ultimately is able to win over. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very, like, 90s onward. Not that you don't see it in earlier, but I do feel like there is this evolution of um, masculinity as represented on TV. You still get all sorts of representations, but my, my, like, pitch would be that Sam is, like, a very, like, working class sort of, like old school kind of protagonist um yeah uh you know he's hard scrappy he came from hard knocks he's a womanizer and then like i don't know you could attribute it to like um
0: mm-hmm. like uh, and don't forget he's a baseball player too
1: yeah he's a baseball player so definitely like fantasy baseball player that owns a bar where he gets to hang out with his friends all day um and sleep with thousands, thousands of women, of women. If the book, if the, if the show is to be believed. Yeah. And then, um, so and my pitch would be, it's just like, as the middle class became more like professionalized and like white collarized, like the idea of what the male fantasy is changed a little bit. That'd be my pitch. Who mm. knows? Um, but yeah, Sam is much more like a working class hero and Ross is much more like your uh, everyday dork, like sort of a proto Big Bang Theory kind of lovable dork. Yeah. All I'm saying is that I think that Ross is a fantasy just as much as uh, Sam in just in different ways because there are different like movements happening, like different cultural contexts from like Ross in the nineties and Sam in the eighties.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Sam is just like a, he's like you all American, more traditional fantasy yeah. of like male masculinity. Yeah. And even all the men in the bar treat him this way. Yeah. Right. They like worship him. They idolize him uh, for the, for the, the things that we talked about, his athleticism, his jocular nature, his uh, prowess with women. Right. They, they really do put him on a pedestal. He's a man's man. Um, He's a man's man, exactly. Funny enough, I was watching an interview with Ted Danson, and he said prior to taking the role, uh, he he never gave a shit about sports or cared about sports. And so the director's guidance to him to get in the the headspace to play a jock was to adjust himself frequently, to feel more jocular, play with your nuts a little bit every once in a while, and you'll you'll find the character there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He says it worked. So there we go. We So the next point, we we actually had a sticking point on this one in our Ross and Rachel episode. I'm curious what you think with Sam and Diane. The next point was obvious chemistry and sexual tension.
1: Explosive chemistry.
0: Explosive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it always not like in a not always good way.
1: Yeah. It, it's Maybe. very much good television to watch. It's you want to see this. It's just they're fighting all the time but there's like i get the draw i get the allure for each of these characters and like why they're engaging with the other and i also get mm-hmm. why it's like toxic uh for each of them and they ha-
0: it's like a sexy tom and jerry yeah
1: yeah it's yes <laughs> so it's like this like sexy tango that you're watching mm-hmm. just like the back and the forth and you're not sure what you want to happen <laughs> but you're definitely watching
0: Yeah, every line is just like layered with text and then subtext and then the body language and like the audience expectation. Like it's all just mishmashed into like every exchange that they have off the charts chemistry. Absolutely.
1: I I think there is like a a five seconds that perfectly distills the Sam and Diane relationship to me because it's like i i jumped back from my computer and w- w- what i was watching it i was like whoa that's a lot
0: do i i doubt
1: it it's I'm, a weird it's a weird cut
0: okay then go go <laughs> ahead i i won't guess
1: so it's um but well, i'm curious to hear what yours is but mine would be just like the five <laughs> seconds that i feel captures sam and diane is um they were having one of their like uh, fights about something. Sam lying, and uh, they were making up at the end. Um, and so they were kissing. They're doing their makeup mm-hmm. kiss, and then the friend walks into Sam's office as they're kissing, and he says some kind of line that gives away that Sam uh kissed another woman during a period where they were fighting, and and Diane is like mid kiss with this man, and Diane. Who's fucking crazy? Bites him like a rabid wolf, and just like <laughs> bites onto his lower lip, and like sh- he tries to pull away from her, and the lip just like stretches, and it's so violent and wild and kind of sexy. <laughs> and it's just like whoa, that's a lot, and that's Sam and Diane.
2: Hey, wait a second here. I want you to, uh, I want you to watch me kiss my woman here. You might learn something. Hmm. Oh, that's that's great, Sam, yeah, Dee, Dee said you were the best kisser she'd ever had, really?
0: Yeah, like you can definitely see either of them committing committing a violent crime in the name of this relationship, yeah, and that's not just me saying that that's literally a plot line in season five.
1: it's a uh,
0: is that I mean <laughs> Sam literally fantasizes. About, like, killing her in an episode in season five because she insists he proposed to her and then she says no to him proposing to her twice.
1: He, <laughs> I love the <this> show, <laughs> like, she calls the cops on him. And Well, she pretend that here's the thing uh, he is like violently, like, a very there's all there is like a fucked up, like, the amount there's of there's a violence very fucked up is threatening, um towards Diane uh, definitely like dated and fucked up.
0: He throws her off a boat once. Literally throws her off a boat into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean at night.
1: Yeah, And
0: And then he pulls her back up on the boat but then he gets in the rowboat and goes away and he leaves her stranded on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean at night by herself.
1: Yeah Diane should be dead. It's just
0: crazy. She just walks into the bar next day. Sam. <laughs> Did you how try dare to you? kill me? How could you, Sam?
1: <laughs> You're gonna have to do a lot to make this one up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's some fucked up pieces. We're gonna we'll talk about it. Yeah, but he like he bangs on her door and is like, I'm not going away, I'm gonna break open break open this door. And uh she, in a very cool Diana's crazy, I love this woman way. She like. <laughs> assesses the situation decides what she needs to do to secure her safety and so she lets him in and she says okay let me get in something more comfortable and uh so you go into my bedroom and i'm gonna go in here and i'm gonna change she goes in she calls the fucking cops <laughs> and the
0: fucking cops.
1: <laughs> and then she's like uh, she comes out and she's like cops are on the way uh and what are you gonna do, Sam? Sam immediately deflates into like a blubbering little baby. He's like, I don't wanna go to jail. I need to get out of here. Oh, why'd you do that? You gotta call off the cops. And uh like Diane suddenly has all the power and she's like, Okay, you can leave, but I'm just gonna give him your fucking address. And so he like has to stay. She has all the power in this situation. They make up and uh like at the threat because the power was suddenly balanced again because cops are on their way and he was threatening violence and so there was like balance that was happening and so they're making out they're about to go have sex and then Sam is like uh, mm-hmm. why don't you uh, don't, don't you need to call the cops and uh, tell them not to come she's like I need to call the cops
0: <laughs> god damn it Diane is I love fucking this crazy, crazy bitch I love this crazy bitch and she <laughs> What I also love about Diane is that she has made multiple men in this series go insane for her. Frazier
1: almost kills himself.
0: Frasier almost kills himself. And even in the finale, after not having seen this woman for six years, not having dated her for nine, he sees her again and he's like, Diane, I must tell you, I'm over you. And she's like, that's awesome. Love this story for you. And, as he's just looking at her, he's like, "I'm over your dancing eyes and shining hair and quivering full lips, and like he just like wants her again right there in the moment, and like Diane has made this man insane for the remainder of his life, and I love that about her. I love that about diane
1: she is like the tammy of like these men's lives like uh... who
0: she is is um, she is the character in Taylor Swift's Blank Space music video
1: list of tell
0: you I'm She does have a blank space and she will write your name
1: she is the definition of too much woman for you.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's going to be forever. It is going to go down in flames. Yeah,
1: She will yes. ruin you, but you'll have the time she of your fucking you. life.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She is blank space. That is what it is. So yes, chemistry off the motherfucking charts. We are in the stratosphere of chemistry. You guys thought Ross and Rachel had chemistry. Y'all ain't seen nothing.
1: Like... I I don't want these crazy kids to work it out, um, like, because they're not good for each other. But I do want these crazy kids to fuck. (laughs) Yep. And that's their relationship.
0: I want to continue to watch them be volatile with each other endlessly.
1: Drive each other insane. Um, (laughs) It's very... I kept thinking about my first takeaway from like watching it before I had seen like all the episodes is it had this like a taming of the shrew field to it uh, mm. where, you know, Sam was the Petruchio character and is like, I'm this, I'm this like very relatable audience, favorite, like guys guy. And I'm going to handle this woman who thinks that she's too good for me. And um, it, it, it's more complicated than that. D- yeah. Because
0: th- Diane's aware. I think she's aware. Like, she's far more self-aware of what he is trying to do. And at the same time, she's, if he is taming of the shrew-ing her, she is my fair lady in him. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what's happening at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's a—it's uh, like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh! battle where, like, they're playing tropes against each other. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, I play taming of the shrew. Well... <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm
1: about to play uh, the nanny on you. <laughs> uh, Blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> so, Yeah, it's fun to watch. I, I love Sam and Diane.
0: Yes. And the next thing we had on our list about whether it makes it a good will they won't they is a sense that the timing is just always a little bit off. Yeah. Right there. They're chips in the night. Um, they just can't seem to to make it work, and it's all the sake of of timing mishaps.
1: Yeah, um, this I'm gonna go ahead and call this bullet point the airplanes and answering machine trope. Uh,
0: indeed, <laughs> indeed, exactly where I was going with it. It is the airplanes and answering machine trope. We see this in and <laughs> we see it in Friends too. Airplanes and answering machines.
1: Core to the core to the Will They Won't They is just the logistics of airplane travel and answering machines.
0: Yes, yeah, it's very heartwarming because in the episode of Cheers that you're referring to, the bar gets an answering machine, and that is an integral part of the plot. It's like this giant brick of an answering machine. Um and everybody is like skeptical of the technology.
1: I, I love that shit. It was
0: really sweet. They were like making so fun sweet. of it.
1: Like, well, you think yeah. we're too Why dumb to take a message?
0: This? We can't take a message though. They all
1: start picking it's up like fruit it. or whatever happens to be around them. I'm just like, oh, is this a telephone? Like making fun of
2: it. <laughs>
0: And if this like this brick of technology from the early 80s. It's so sweet. Yeah. Looking back on it now, it's adorable to watch. But then it also is just like integral to the plot because Sammy, he does a goof. He does a little goof on the answering machine message to say, you know what? I'm going to get you. you, you and I'm all sure you guys one. have all had this experience. You know this one. You know what's going to happen. You call somebody, you get their voicemail and their voicemail. They're like, I'm going to make you look like a fool. Their voicemail is just like, hey, what's up? You've reached my voicemail, sucker. Uh, And that's basically what Sam (laughs) Sam does on the answering machine. Uh, And so what's happening in the plot of this episode is Frasier does something that I think rivals Diane in terms of levels of unhinged. But he and Diane are on a a holiday in Italy. And Frasier just casually drops that he's arranged for them to be married tomorrow. The next day. That's Diane level crazy. Yeah. Right there. Um, so he's meeting her where she's at.
1: He's yes and in um,
0: her. So he is yes anding her, but she is not into it. And so the episode is is literally titled Rescue Me, because throughout the course of the episode, Diane is calling Sam from Italy uh to come and rescue her. To come because she can't just tell Frazier no. That <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> That would be insane to just (laughs) forthrightly tell him she doesn't want to marry him. No, she needs Sam to come and romantically rescue her from, from Fraser Crane in Europe. And so it gets to the point where it is like do or die time. This is like if Sam hasn't gotten on a plane by this time, he will not be able to come to Italy and rescue her from marrying Fraser. And so... Sam's on an airplane, you guys. He said, you know what? I'm gonna go get my girl. I'm gonna go get my love, the love of my life. I'm gonna save her from this marriage to Fraser Crane. And so he's on an airplane. Diane's calling him from a phone booth in Italy, saying, please, Sam, please don't be at the bar. Please be on an airplane where he is. And wouldn't you know it, she gets the goof she gets the goof answering machine. She doesn't know cheers got an answering machine, let alone Sam doing a goof on the answering machine. So all she hears is Sam go, hi, Sam alone.
1: She hangs up and
0: Diane says, this is it. Sam's not coming. Fraser, Let's get married. Literally right. This second. <laughs> um, and so the timing ships in the night were just off. She, she goes to marry she goes to marry Fraser. Um, and she goes ahead and leaves him at the altar and joins a convent. Gotta love Diane. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love the decision making.
2: What the hell heck?
0: <laughs> Are you doing here?
2: I, I bumped into Fraser and he told me that you, you checked into a convent and I was afraid you got all squirrely again. It's
1: like the holy trinity of this trope is the answering machine, the airplane. And the shotgun wedding.
0: Answering machines, airplanes, and altars.
1: Yeah. Just uh, literally in the middle of the I do, preferably. <laughs> like The man says yes. I do, and then something happens. Um, yep. Very important. This is, I'm just going to let you know right now, Jessica. Um, that So to me, when Sam Malone walks in with that answering machine, that was a cultural watershed moment. And it would birth a movement, <laughs> would birth an entire genre of answering machine-based sitcom shenanigans
0: mm-hmm. and my
1: birthday The
0: answering machine is a core yeah, core part of sitcomology.
1: And my birthday card is going to be to do an episode <laughs> yes. on the answering machine) <laughs> I pitched it, you, you it smacked careful. it down. We're doing it for my birthday.
0: We're doing we're <laughs> doing answering machines, baby. I love it. All right, I'm in for it. The answering machine. It is it is critical. It is critical in the study of sitcomology. Yep. The answering machine and it uh I, I feel like it, it has died because voicemail doesn't hit the same way.
1: I mean, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they did a text. I feel like that's going to be in the episode. We'll talk about it. 30 Rock, they mm-hmm. had that voicemail when she was like at the dentist. Um, yeah. Th- there's stuff, yeah. There's stuff There's stuff happening. Uh, we'll talk about it. Don't worry. In November, <laughs> we'll talk about it. The answering machine
0: is just, it's just, uh, it's so, it's just so physical. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a tape usually involved, right? Helga Pataki literally machine. had to
1: break in to Arnold's house (laughs) to delete the answering machine tape
2: within the walls of that boarding house lies an answering machine and it contains a message so humiliating that it must never ever be heard by human ears
0: I must get my hands on
2: it before that stupid football head hears
0: it exactly the answering machine tape is just so much more tactile and there's something I like about that but look out in November folks it's coming for you answering machines Save the date, (laughs) Uh, but I feel like the other side of the coin of like ships in the night, like timing is always just off. Is the feelings flip flopping? Yeah, somebody's in love with someone, and the other person's not interested, and then it flip flops, flip flops back and forth all day long. Huge in friends. This is like ninety percent of the will they won't they in friends.
1: Yeah, no one. I think it's also
0: there in Cheers. No
1: one does it better than Cheers. No one does it better than Cheers. Like to the point that you can't even keep up with what's happening. Like with
0: who's who's pining for who at that moment in, in time. the same
1: conversation. You're not sure who has the ball. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. This this it happens all of the time. Um, there's one where like Diane uh, in season five. Uh, they're not together. Sam is taking another woman to Cape Cod. Diane follows his ass there and just, oh, I happen to check into the same hotel. Oh, isn't this fun? She follows his ass to the Cape because she, she's obsessed with the idea that he will propose to her. His date ends up going home uh, because her grandmother is sick. Sam does this whole ruse to make Diane think that his date is still there, but she knows she knew the whole time. She lets Sam make an entire ass out of himself, but she knew the whole time. And they're sitting there having dinner. And the tango that they they dance of whether or not they're going to have sex that night, uh, within that conversation, the person who wants to have sex with the other person and the other person is saying no changes three times. <laughs> like, it changes three times. Sam initially is like, "Let's get at it," and is like, "Absolutely not." Then Diane is like, "Let's get at it," and Sam is like, "Absolutely not." And then Sam is like, "Let's get at it," and Diane is like, "Absolutely not." all within the same conversation
1: absolutely they're so good at it it's electric to watch it is yes (laughs) like
0: uh, Uh, because what's so wonderful about them is like part of sam and diane is like they're childish and petty in their conversations (laughs) and so it will literally be like I want to kiss you. And then Diane will be like, no, the timing the timing is off. I, I don't want to kiss you at this exact moment. And then Sam will be like, well, then I don't want to kiss you. And I never wanted to kiss you. And you're an ugly, snooty horse face. And then she'll be like, well, I want to kiss you. And then Sam will be like, okay, let's kiss. And then Diane will be like, absolutely not. Let's not kiss. Like it's you're so kissing childish for the wrong so, it's so Diane
1: reminds me of like one of my favorite fictional characters. She has, It's such a small part, but I, I think about her all the time. And it's Holly Hunter's character in "O Brother, Where Art Thou"? Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) If anybody knows "O Brother, Where Art Thou"'s bit parts, (laughs) it's Zachary.
1: Yeah. So Holly Hunter is the wife of George Clooney's character, and like he's going through this journey to try to get to her. Like, so he finally gets there. He like breaks out of prison to get to her, and she keeps demanding these kind of like asinine symbols of love, like that are completely unreasonable. Like the last lines of the movie are like, <laughs> you need to dive to the bottom of this lake to get the right ring because you got the wrong ring. So you need like the Tennessee Valley Authority has flooded the place where our house was. You need to dive down to the bottom of this lake and get our fucking ring because you got the you got the wrong ring, brother. You are right about that ring too.
2: Any other wedding band wouldn't do. This year was foreordained. Fate was a smiling on me. You just have to have confidence. That's not my ring. God, what? That's not my ring. Not your ring. That's one of Ann Hurling's. You said it was in the roll-top desk. I said I thought it was in the roll-top desk. No, you said, of well, uh, the mattress, sir. No. Maybe my uh, shipper robe. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry, honey. Well, we need that ring. Well, that ring is at the bottom of a pretty darn big lake. Uh-uh. A 9,000 hectare lake. I don't care if it's
1: 9,000. But honey. That lake was not my door. Of course not. I counted to three, honey. honey, no, wait. I counted to three. I counted to three. And then she'll leave. (laughs) Like, she's just obsessed with these, like, symbols of, like, power and affection. And just, like, no, the moment's not right. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I'm sorry, no. That is very Diane. Diane is a romantic at heart.
1: She's, like, she read a lot of, like, romance books. And she gets pissed off when you say the wrong line. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah she has a vision for how she wants her romance to work there is a script diane has a script for exactly what sam is supposed to say but here's the thing if she tells him the script it's ruined so sam has to guess the script and that's the fun yeah
1: that's that absolutely (laughs) fun so like he here's what's fun about it because it's 2 they're demanding submission from each other in two different ways, you, yes. You perfe-
0: yes, I was going to talk about yeah. this. Yes, go. So, go, so go, you go.
1: described perfectly what Dima- D- Diana's um, demanding from him in terms of submission—that he needs to accept that he he needs to start guessing the script and playing this like role as the romantic lead and anticipating and like reading her mind and <laughs> like making it feel like romantic. So she wants like, she's demanding symbols. She is demanding that he throw away his little black book and that kind of thing. Like, and having an understanding of when the moment is appropriate. That's what she wants from him to like submit. Maybe we should uh, kiss or something, huh? Oh, no,
2: we're not gonna just kiss. <laughs> We're we're about to start something. I mean, a kiss is where you start, isn't it? But you don't make an announcement when you're about ready to kiss someone romantically. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't an announcement. I I just didn't want to catch you off guard. That's all. On our first kiss, it's okay to be off guard. You should be swept away. Well, I was. I was. Nobody's swept away when they have the presence of mind to say, "Maybe we should kiss." All right, all right, all right.
1: Uh, and then Sam wants the uh, submission in the form of very much like a taming of the shrew thing. He wants her to like yes. be able to. He's a man's man. He wants to be able to like tell her things. And mm-hmm. Diane's not going to be. Tanking. no, no one can tell Diane what to do.
0: No one can tell Diane what to do. That is a that is a ship that has sailed, brother. She is not. That is not going to happen. Yeah, you, you see, Sa- Sam say very clearly what his fantasy is for how Diane should behave. It is when Sam is kind of dreaming about going to save Diane from her marriage with Frazier. He has a full-fledged fantasy moment as he is carrying Diane away where he she promises to never talk back to him and to never call him dumb again. Which she does all the fucking time. Love it. Never call him dumb again. Never complain again. And to Uh, swear uh, fidelity to him and faithfulness to him while he can continue to take other women lovers.
2: It's not going to be like before. I'll make you happier than you ever thought possible. I'll respect you and accept you for what you are. And I won't complain or argue or be jealous. And I'll stop thinking the life out of everything. I'll do all I can to make sure you enjoy life to the fullest. And if that means... Letting you date other women while I remain faithful to you, so be it. Your love is worth the price. I think this is going to work this time.
0: This is Sam's fantasy, yeah, for how Diane
1: should be. It's the absence of her demand of submission. is essentially what his fantasy is, because <laughs> it's just like yin and yang what they want from yes. each
0: other. <laughs> like. Literally, yes. And I think what what keeps them coming back is they in they enjoy the game of trying to get the like trying they enjoy the power struggle
1: yeah absolutely
0: it's their king yeah like it is exactly what they're in
1: she is offered multiple times men who know the script that she is imagining fraser knows what the script is
0: fraser knows the script he planned a wedding in florence at like a famous Mansion for her, he did everything right. He played the Diane crazy card. He yes and her. Yeah, he knew the script, and Diana's still like, mm.
1: it's not fun if you kn- just know the script. I want to break you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. It's like she read Flicka and was like, oh. <laughs> but what if this were just a man and not a horse? <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm break you, <laughs> and at the same time, like Sam has a black book, he can have like unlimited sex if he wants. Um, but he wants that submission. He wants like a woman. He wants to
0: tame the shrew. Yeah,
1: he wants to tame the shrew. Uh, he can have any woman he wants, but he wants the one woman who he really has nothing to offer, <laughs> and it, it, she she just doesn't see the value in him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's fucking great she he has like it. a perfect brother uh sam there's an episode where we introduced this off i love that they make him off screen um, yes
0: you can't even see him because we can't even dream of a man more handsome than Ted dance him.
1: yeah so there's this off-screen perfect brother who um He has an amazing singing voice. He's wealthy. He like buys.
0: He's an international lawyer. Yeah,
1: he'll just like buy planes and shit. Um, Everybody loves him. Like he, he like, in the episode where he visits the bar, he's like straight up just starting a cult back there, like in the back room. And um, yeah, he and the perfect brother. Uh, to Sam, who is smarter, wealthier, uh, like wants Diane and like proposes like a shotgun wedding. Like, I want to marry this woman. And uh, she's still like. It's not fun if I haven't crushed your soul.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not fun if you come out of the box. Yeah. The way that I want you. She she wants a DIY. She wants a
1: situation. DIY uh, like romantic lead. <laughs> Yes, she has. So we've talked about "I can fix him" syndrome. Hers is "I can make him a new syndrome." I can break him.
0: (laughs) I can break him syndrome. (laughs) Our next thing on the list is destroying every prospect that the other person has without committing. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one. What do you think?
1: I'm not even sure. I have no memory of this. Uh, Destroy every prospect without committing.
0: Yeah, it's just how in Friends, um, like if the other had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like like when Rachel told that woman to shave her head.
1: Yeah, I would say that the biggest like evidence of this aspect, which I do not agree, I don't think it's like a huge part of Cheers, um, but it's a very boiled down version of it, concentrated version of it, is um, this scene where Diane is about to go on an airplane with Sam's brother and uh, she's like okay so I'm going to go on the plane uh, since there's no reason for me not to and then Sam is like yeah fine go have fun and as she's walking away he says don't go and then she turns around and is like what would you say and he's like "Uh, I didn't say nothing and then she turns around again and he says I want you to stay with me and she turns around what did you say that kind of thing please stay here
2: Wait a minute. What was that? There at uh, the end, you said something. Hey, come on, you're hallucinating. Would you, would you get out of here and have a good time, please? Go on, go on. Okay. I'm glad you understand. You go, I'll die. What?
1: <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll die if you don't go. Like that kind of thing just keeps escalating. And um, yeah. it's very much like, I can't stand you. But I I also can't stand you being with someone else.
0: Yeah, I love I love that, too, because a huge part of like the Sam and Diane relationship is that they're both so fiercely prideful, like they're both so proud and they refuse to be the one to admit that they like have the feelings first. Yeah, because they're both so goddamn proud. And so you get that little dance of like under your breath, like, I wish you would tell me not to go like as they're um, fighting about ostensibly other things yeah it's because like wonderful in
1: there were like they they have two conflicting <laughs> worldviews and each of their worldviews they are the pinnacle of desirability uh <laughs> where sam is like a former ball player he owns a bar he's had <laughs> sex with hundreds of women um
0: he's a handsome man Yeah,
1: like the patrons of his bar are constantly like reinforcing that he, he's a man's man everybody wants to be him. him women want to fuck him so in his world view he is a catch and this daffy moonbeam ditzy waitress who uh doesn't have any job skills or anything and she's like in at the wedding uh, when he's like they're about to get married and he's just like you're bad at this. You're bad at this. They're going to need to invent new things for you to be bad at. The only thing you're good at is writing. And this is supposed to be like a nice, thing he's telling her. <laughs> and um, he just, he, 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 he feels in his worldview that she should be grateful. And at the same time, Diane in her worldview thinks that he is this uneducated dumbass. He's a former <laughs> alcoholic who's wasting his life in this bar. And you know, I am a grad student. I am an intellectual. I was bred to like she she almost says like bred to uh curtsy and bow to kings and queens. And <laughs> and you're you're just this piece of shit. So obviously you should be grateful. So neither of them are willing <laughs> to bow to the other.
0: Neither will bend the knee. <laughs> yeah,
1: And it's just it's electric to watch people. I love it.
0: The next one is audience avatar characters must be very invested in the relationship. Yes,
1: a million times. Check
0: the box. Um, it's very different than in Friends, where they're very invested in them being together. Um, Cheers is very invested in the opposite. All of the characters are like, God, please don't, Sam. Please don't propose to this woman, Sam. Carla literally like tackles him in one episode so that he won't propose to Diane Uh, They do not want this. Yeah.
1: Carla fucking hates Diane, just straight up. Um,
0: Yeah, which is its own
1: thing. Uh, And, but also thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars has changed hands over uh, that five year (laughs) period over like bets about Diane Sam because they're fun to watch. And the the meta of the show is like the in universe characters are also invested. They're like audience stand-in characters. Like at the wedding, they, um, they do the, like the bit is that everybody in the bar has taken bets on whether or not they'll go through with it. And so as the tides change in this conversation, um, people keep handing money back and forth to each other about who won the bet. Yes. Um, People are invested in this relationship.
0: People are invested. And the next point you mentioned was like meta, right? Like there is a meta element where everybody is invested, but they're also very aware of that. Um, There's one point in season four where Sam tells Diane they're through. And Diane says something along the lines of like, oh, Sam, nobody actually believes that. Because they're all, like, she's aware. The character's aware. The writers are aware. Everybody is aware of the narrative arc. Nobody believes that Sam and Diane are ever actually done. Yeah. Even as they say goodbye in the final episode, you can still believe that Sam and Diane are never actually done.
1: Once Diane has gotten her hooks into you, she's ruined you for life.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's it. Sam can be with no other woman like
1: so the next one is I think that this is an interesting topic Um, in a will they won't they they create morally gray areas where neither party is really right
0: this is an interesting one with cheers there this happened all the time in friends friends was really good at this the whole like we were on a break is that cheers I think I can recall two instances especially in the episodes we watched where you could make the argument that nobody is really right. Mm -hmm. And we can litigate them if you'd like. Two, I can think of one, Diane asking Sam to get rid of his little black book. I don't think either party is really right or wrong in that situation.
2: Moments like that make me realize what a good thing we got going here.
0: Why do you still have that
2: thing? What's that, babe? The book. (laughs) Why are you keeping it? Sweetheart, this is my address book. I've got emergency numbers in this. Okay. What emergency service does Wanda Mendelssohn render? She's an all-night plumber. She's the only plumber in Boston. You have to go to her house.
1: Yeah, I thought that that was an interesting controversy, because as much as my instincts are (laughs) tailored towards uh, rooting for Diane in every way, I did, it seemed like a reasonable thing to fight about.
0: It was a very reasonable thing to fight about, considering they'd been together at that point for a couple of months.
1: Yeah, and like, (laughs) I think that it is reasonable to be like, this is like how I spent my 20s. This is like a record of like a huge part of my life. (laughs) I don't want to throw it away. Like as as a partner, I would get that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Especially at that point in the relationship. Like if you were truly like engaged, like if you're engaged and ready to be married, then I get it. So like the tension of this episode for, for listeners who don't know, Sam has what is very famous in the show as a little black book. It is a black book in which he keeps all of the phone numbers of all of his romantic conquests. Hundreds upon hundreds of women feature in this little black book. And Diane is upset because they've started dating and Sam's friend drops that Sam still has his little black book. And so Diane becomes upset because how could you be committed to me and still have this thing? Um, And I, I get where she's coming from. Lots of women, I think, start dating somebody and they're like, let's like, are your ex's phone numbers still in your phone? Like, let's do a purge. So I understand it. I, I've not ever personally done this, but I know women who do and men who do yeah. kind of weird. Um, But I also think like, if I have to take a side in this argument, I'm going with Sam because th- we are two months in. Yeah.
1: We're two months in. Uh, I personally, I, I, under- like, I understand that people do that and have that dynamic where like, you, you need to like cut off all contact. I think in the age of social media, it's just such a big ask. It's just, it seems unreasonable. They're two months in. And agree. I also think that Sam is right in saying, this is a record of my life. I like looking back at that kind of shit. I, I would never ask somebody to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So.
0: I agree. So so maybe that one isn't quite as morally gray. Well, I think, I think it's calculated larger... as it
1: is. You have to remember this is like the 80s. Um, and so I think that kind of like demand of... A monogamous relationship and also like sitcom relationships Mm -hmm. they're on lesbian time it's like very quick (laughs) so two months is a lot
0: everybody's got a u-haul um fair next thing we have to have immediate rebounding they got to be in a relationship right away cheers adheres to the trope of immediate rebounds and having to be with someone else
1: yeah um the competition is always just like waiting in the wings. It's always like a dynamic. You want everything to be perfectly balanced and just like. Yes. So that the, the energy is always there. We're, we're pulling or we're yes. pushing.
0: Because uh, Frazier would take Diane back at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> he's no,
1: he's no. always had just uh, one phone call away and uh, you can yeah. have these toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Always, uh,
0: Which I think talks to our next point Which is the couple has to remain friends After they won't they Even when no reasonable human would
1: Frasier continues to go to that bar just
2: <laughs> He hanged.
0: watches the woman That destroyed his life Fall in love with And marry another man mm-hmm. Sam frequently goes to Frasier For advice about Diane Like We're talking not even like not even a year later, Dian- Sam is asking Fraser for advice.
1: Diane does not date men. She breaks men.
0: <laughs> she breaks them and she ruins them. And she, she will turn your life to ash.
1: In Frasier, um, he has this like line um, where it's like a callback, like meta thing about, yeah, there was a point in my life when I was at my lowest. And, you know, it's just my social circle uh, just consisted of people that went to the same bar as me and I was just in a bar all the time Um, the thing is it's even worse than that Fraser but you should have mentioned when you were talking about that is you were going (laughs) to the bar where you constantly were just like basically doing the cuckold kink of like sitting there at the bar as your ex-fiance and the person she left you for are just like making out and then, like you're giving them advice to go back to each other.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Diane has become death destroyer of worlds.
1: So he really did move to Seattle for his own health. Thank God he moved to Seattle.
0: <laughs> Self care came yeah. at that point.
1: I would have loved it if uh, Diane and Fraser uh, became a thing. And like Fraser had Diane as the wife,
0: it would have been a whole
1: different show. But it would have been fucking crazy.
0: Oh, uh, she does guest on Frasier. She does, yeah. She shows and,
1: up. Uh, Shelly Long would not have signed on to that project. But man, oh man, would have been electric television.
0: Oh, God, if there is a God, please hear me. That Shelly Long, please, please show up in the Frasier reboot.
1: That's like they, they finally get married.
0: Please, God, have her show up. After- I don't know what you want her to do, but have her show up.
1: Please, like they get like Frazier is about to like get married, and he immediately leaves his wife
0: <laughs> for Diane, who 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 takes him back for uh, approximately three episodes. I want it to be a three episode, arc, yeah, where Diane comes in, destroys his life again, and <laughs> Fuck, motors up. <laughs> God. i know it won't be real but i want it to be real so bad like i want it to be like the canon of the show is that like fraser like married Roz, but then along came diane
1: <laughs> Roz is written off
0: <laughs> Roz, the character that fraser spent 11 seasons <laughs> building to is destroyed by diane in three episodes one with diane, diane has he become destroy? death Destroyer of worlds Diane
1: is the quintessential Tammy.
0: <laughs> I love her. I love her. God, I hope that happens. Uh the next thing we have on our list is a little bit goes a long way. Meaning in each episode, the audience doesn't need a lot to sustain the flame of a will they won't they? I'm I'm not sure this one tracks quite as well. Because the will they, won't they is like the central thing in most episodes. Yeah. Unlike Friends and a lot of other will they, won't they's that are like much more of a true ensemble piece. You get most episodes are like normal sitcom shit with like maybe a beat written in to like sustain the will they, won't they. For the first five seasons of Cheers, it is the central thing. Yes, there are other plots. There are plots where we deal with Cliff getting bit by a dog and he's suing a hot woman, <laughs> right? There's other shit that goes down on the first three seasons of Cheers, or first five seasons of Cheers. I'm not suggesting they're not. Uh, I still think the will they, won't they is way more central than it is in other shows. Yeah,
1: uh, which, which it, it could be. It could, like Ross and Rachel could not carry a show about Ross and Rachel. Um, like correct. On, in every episode. It's just... Um, it's it's a truck and Stacy show where like th- there's not a lot to like justify why they're into each other, but again, Diane and Sam are so watchable and electric that they can carry it easier. I was like trying to do some research on the Shelley Long backstage drama, and Ooh, I heard the claim.
0: We're getting into it.
1: <laughs> I heard it, and one of the things that they claimed was that Shelley Long began to be resentful when, as the show went on. That uh, the will they won't they stopped being like the central thing as much, and um, she wasn't getting as many lines. She resented that Frasier was getting a lot of the lines that would normally go to her because she's like the intellectual type, and uh, so she, resented, she was getting less and less uh screen time, mm-hmm. and that's why she bowed out.
0: There's so many narratives about what happened behind the scenes, and it's changed a lot over the years, um. And so it's tough to say a lot of what I've read from Shelley Long specifically and from a lot of people around the show is that she had always only ever signed on to a five-year contract and had been very insistent that she was only going to do five years from jump. Like that was the max she was going to do always. So it was not like a I'm leaving the show in a huff situation. I'm sure they offered her a dump truck of money to stick around. But she had always said five. And then I want to go do my movie career. You know, money pit isn't going to make itself. True Beverly, Beverly Hills is going to make itself. Yeah, people
1: are always like it famously the decision that uh, Shelley Long left Cheers is spoken of as like this huge career mistake um, because she was like on top of the world on like the most popular sitcom. And then uh, she went on to make a bunch of like B list movies. But If that's what needed to happen in order for Troop Beverly Hills to exist.
0: And the Brady Bunch movie. The Brady Bunch
1: movie. movie. Are you kidding? She made some of the best movies ever made. I'm sorry.
0: Worth it. (laughs) Worth the trade off. Would do that any day of the week. Should our camp Patreon series come to pass, we will be covering maybe all of Shelley Long's movies. Oh, (laughs) do
1: we want to pitch uh, to the audience? We want to do a little cul cul de sac and talk about what?
0: Cul de sac. (laughs) Cul de sac, gang. So we know for the past three episodes, we've been pitching you a podcast where we explore in depth uh, a singular sitcom. Zach and I would like to take an alternate route. Uh, We would like to propose a a deep dive into the world of camp. Think of it as Camp 101, where we discuss movies like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane?
1: Steel Magnolias.
0: True Beverly Hills. Who's afraid
1: of Virginia Wolf? Death becomes her. Uh, She-Devil. And so, Camp 101 is gonna be a show about just catching people up to speed, going through mm-hmm. just like the history and like the cultural impact of camp.
0: You're telling me you wouldn't listen to that?
1: Please. Preposterous. I, Please. So, that's our pitch. That will be the uh, Patreon Podcast uh that we will eventually set up. We haven't recorded a single episode, Someday. so
0: <laughs> Some, you know, it's it's all a nascent little idea.
1: Yeah. Still a cardinal. Let us know what you think. But
0: you can email us. Yeah. Find us on TikTok. You guys know how to get a hold of yeah. us. Let's be real. Zach, we only have one more foundational element of what makes a good will they, won't they? And I don't think it works for cheers. But it's a secondary romance that serves to give the audience satisfaction.
1: Yeah, that's um we don't have it. That, a- that's Norman Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the only one I could theoretically think of is Kelly and Woody. So Kelly is a rich girl who Woody dates. Um, and I wouldn't even call it like a will. They won't they. it is a romance, um, but it comes so late into Diane's tenure that I can't even really call it the same thing as like a Monica Chandler on Friends. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and say it doesn't work.
1: This is only your second installment of the Will They Won't They series. And so um, my developing theory is that a secondary show romance, um, like a a secondary romance on the show, is a feature of sort of like low quality Will They Won't Mm They where like it can't carry it on its own. And so more has to be done. Although I don't know, because Jim and Pam is a very strong Will They Won't They and it has secondary romances. Yes. So-
0: so those are the primary pillars that we uh, installed as a will-they-won't-they they, uh, when we watched Friends. I think let's talk a little bit more about the Sam and Diane relationship and determine if we need to add anything and I think answer our central question of should they. We know will-they-won't-they, they, but should they. So I think let's, let's start by talking a little bit about the Sam and Diane relationship and I think there's a couple of things I want to talk about, which is understanding kind of the central questions of what they're even exploring at the heart of their will they won't they? What is Diane's arc? What is Sam's arc? Um and then I also want to talk about some of like the ickier elements of their will there won't they? Yeah. So let's let's start with it. Let's just go ahead and start talking, you know, what what do, what do we think is at the heart? of this will they, won't they? What are What is the central questions that Cheers is asking us to think about
1: uh,
0: when we think about the Sam and Diane relationship? So
1: I, I sort of broke down my main theory about like how the infrastructure of the will they, won't they? Um, where it is these two competing worldviews uh, where they, are, they both consider themselves to be high status and the other low status by their own metric and that they want mm-hmm. the other to submit to their will. And th- that's. What's going on here. Um, I think that there is. Um, a lot of. Be- because there is like this class dynamic. With uh, Diane and Sam. Where uh, Diane is. She mm-hmm. says in the pilot. That you know. she She's um, well bred. Um, well she's comparing Sam. To who she thinks is going to be her husband and uh, she says oh he's not like you he's well bred educated intelligent and that's who she considers to be a high status man and i think that they like when the the show multiple times compares sam to other prospects for diane and there's always like this class thing going on his brother is wealthy and educated fraser is wealthy and educated um the man that we see in the pilot the professor uh not wealthy professor Sumner. but he is educated
0: he's for sure like old money wealthy yeah
1: he is that like snooty
0: he's for sure old money wealthy yeah. he's, he's getting the big old rock that was his grandmother's <laughs> ring he's, yeah. he's for sure wealthy yeah there's definitely a, a class element going on here but i do think this is part of diane's arc Right. Diane does come in, especially in the first few episodes with this snobbishness around being better than all of those around that, all of the people around her in this bar, even though in the pilot episode, she's leaving Cheers and she says, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out what to do. Sam says, be my waitress. She scoffs at the idea me, a graduate student of good breeding, a waitress. Not even remotely how Diane talks, but that was the tone. Um, And Sam says, what else are you qualified to do? And she turns around as she's leaving the bar and she goes, nothing. And the point being here that she holds herself above these people in a very artificial way, because the reality is and the fact of the matter is like she ends up working at Cheers out of something close to necessity. She has no other real prospects. So she fancies herself better than them, but the reality is she's not. And I think part of Diane's arc is learning some humility and learning to understand that she is not actually better than the people in this bar. And she learns a lot of, I think, humanity and empathy. She goes from, in the first few episodes, claiming she is studying them as some sort of sociological experiment to being one of them. She is part of them. She has become embroiled and enmeshed in their lives and they into hers. And she comes to love them, even though not all of them, Carla, come to love her. And I think that that's a huge part of her arc, which is partially what I'd like to talk about when we talk about the ending, especially Diane's ending. I think they do her dirty as it relates to her arc. But anyway, so we talked a lot about the relationship and kind of the the functions and the mechanisms of it. Um, I do want to call out, we've talked a lot about like how it's kind of funny when they like get into a slap fight or when they argue with each other. But I also want to call out that they like, as like at its core, this is an incredibly toxic relationship that the two of these people have with one another. It
1: is a dumpster fire.
0: It's a dumpster fire. I think like my, my core thought on it is like, When the engine of your relationship is conflict, like that is the thing that gets you off Uh, and it is not compromise. It is conflict and it is an, it's pride and an unwillingness to to budge at all in in your position. And that is what like makes you horny, (laughs) makes you hot, gets you off. This is a recipe for volatility I think we've all been around these couples yeah. at one point in our life where like what they actually like to do, the favorite part of their relationship is arguing. And it's eventually somewhat destructive. And I think you see this all over in Sam and Diane, how they share their very first kiss <laughs> is literally them arguing back and forth. They're volleying. And as they're volleying, they're turned like on the as 40 level gets up and up and yeah then it's the very famous line are you as turned on as I am more first kiss
1: yeah they're yeah, that's it, it, all over the same day and they show this in a million different ways but the thing that they like in the relationship is the energy and the conflict and like getting like the blood up um 100% there so my favorite scene that I watched was the scene where they're having the big blowout about the painting
2: Come to me, my sweet little reindeer your big old stags in town. Don't touch me. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. You hit me! Well, not hard. What does that mean, not hard? It means not as hard as I wanted to. I'm leaving. No, 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 wait, 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 you're not leaving yet. Not until I say one more thing. Oh, what? Get the hell out of here. You are about to cross a very dangerous line.
1: You heard me, I want you
2: out. If this is coming out of the heat of the moment, it is a very bad mistake.
1: Phenomenal acting, phenomenal writing. This is the scene that I was referring to where I was at times not sure who had the ball of like who wanted what. And because they were just switching back and forth, and it was like, ah. Uh.
0: It's so eminently quotable. Yeah. Do you know the difference between you and a fat braying no. ass? The fat braying ass would.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I've, I've carried that line with me for many, many years. <laughs>
1: Another good candidate for like five seconds that really just boil down Sam and Diane is uh, Diane is about to walk out the door. And Sam, like the way that he tries to get her to stay, it's not to apologize. And it's it's not to like say loving mm-hmm. words or anything like that. It is to try to figure out what fight he can pick to get her to stay um, because he understands this relationship. And so he like says to her that if you walk out that door, then I'm going to have a date by this evening and I'm going to be with another girl and she doesn't bite. So he tries like different things and it's not working. And he's starting to panic because he, he's pulling out the big guns, to like start a fight. She's not engaging, but she's just like waiting at the door and she's ready to go you better think of something quick and what he comes up with is cuz he's got nothing left in the tank um he just like sticks out his tongue and goes like na 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 nah, nah, and uh does that kind of thing and she she's like that, that doesn't bother me you can keep doing that it doesn't bother me it's so childish that's so embarrassing and then he just keeps doing it and then she's like stop it and that, and she
0: does it right yeah. back.
1: And then they that keeps her in the room for a little bit longer. She set, she goes That's down. That's what the I'm
0: saying. It's the beauty of like they are childish and petty. Yeah,
1: they will not, and they, they like it. Neither of them will bow.
0: <laughs> Nobody's bending the knee. Yeah, uh,
1: th- there's a point where they grab hold of each other's noses and they're like twisting it, and they're both in agony, and they're like, "You let go. Will you let go first and uh, they're just like literally on the floor, just like yes. on their knees because neither one of them are willing to break. Uh, such a good, such a good will they, won't they?
0: It, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And it's it's more physical than I'm comfortable with <laughs> yeah. at this day and age, yeah. like the, the level of toxicity. He's hit her, as we've said, he's thrown her off a boat. Yeah. He's left her stranded in the middle of the ocean.
1: He, he <laughs> fantasizes. So he does fantasize he about. about killing, killing her. her. He also uh, will do, do like straight up, like um, straight to the moon, Alice style lines and talk about how much.
0: He says, I will bounce you off of every wall in this office. Yeah.
1: Um, and like, we'll say, I want to I want to hit you like you have no idea how much I want to hit you. Um, just, uh, of a, a very intimidating thing, uh, for, you know, a full grown former athlete to say to, you know, Diane, who's
0: like a 95 pound yeah, woman,
1: like in the early episode where like he's threatened to break down the door and she pretends to take, the, uh, to call the cops. It's very physically intimidating behavior. Um, and the, the show gets away with it because it's just fucking electric and like fun to watch um, yeah
0: and because they I think they show Diane as at least a couple of steps ahead of Sam intellectually mm-hmm. and so when he is say breaking down the door Diane's already ahead of him and not only is she calling the police she's not actually calling the police yeah right she's playing she's she's playing with him in the tango too yeah the way they get away with it is they show it as a tango Yeah. right where, like, you're not actually sure who has the ball. Um, and that's because, like, Sam makes physical threats, but, like, the actual physical action he takes um, never crosses the line, but they walk right up to it. Yeah. And, like, I think it crosses the line, certainly, by probably today's standards. But Yeah, I, I was shocked when done. he slapped
1: her, I like, genuinely.
0: Hell yeah, man. I was shocked when he threw her off a yeah. boat. Like, I, like... He threatened to kill her. Frasier also talks about fantasizing... About killing Diane. He so talks wait, about be literally free. in detail. <laughs> he talks about in detail. Wrapping his hands around her neck. And squeezing. And then she asks for a neck massage later. Also a weird move Diane. You know that he's obsessed with you still. And he like literally wraps his hands. Around her neck. And like starts to gently squeeze. It's fucked up. It's a little fucked up what they're doing here gang. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Um, so I think there's just some... Level of toxicity Uh, going on in the Sam and Diane romance.
1: Quick cul-de-sac. In the Will and Grace episode, we talked about the gay men straight woman relationship. And there's a very fun subgenre that's like my favorite type of person in the world, which is the straight woman that gay men love, but they personally are quite baffled by it. (laughs) Like they don't understand why... Gay men just like love her, and that's that is absolutely Diane and Shelley Long. Like I, I also believe this about Shelley Long.
0: You think she's baffled?
1: I, I think I think baffled.
0: Uh, actually she maybe. does seem a little uptight in it. the
1: interviews I've seen of her.
0: <laughs> she's not capitalizing on it on the right way. Uh, Shelley Long is like perennially like you'll get these random like celebrity assistants tell all, and for whatever reason she's always like her NDAs must be shit because she is always like always brought up in these. And like, she is our, like, she is the type of celebrity who was like, go get me blueberry yogurt, but I want you to handpick every blueberry out of
1: it. Yeah. I want the essence of blueberry. Like, I tried so hard to find the yogurt uh, interview. I now remember that it was an interview that I read on the train and it was like the Chicago red eye. Um, like somebody had just left a copy and so I was reading it and that had like, a, it was like a, The reporter had talked to a bunch of celebrity Mm -hmm. personal assistants and they had the scoop with for Shelly Long that she was extremely anal retentive and she was like fucking addicted to uh, yogurts and would have like a dozen yogurts a day. And uh, Mm -hmm. she was very meticulous about how they were organized in her mini fridge in her office. And when the personal assistant wasn't doing it right, she said, get out of the way. Got her on her hands and knees and organized it herself. I
0: fucking love it. I love it. I love, like, low-scale, like, low-stakes, like, celebrity diva behavior like that. And, like, Shelly Long, she always shows up in this shit. Anytime it's, like, an assistant tell-all, Shelly Long showed yep. up for being insane in some way. And so like, yeah, I, I, I could see her being somewhat baffled by it because she hasn't capitalized on it in the way that she Yeah, can.
1: her lawyers are shit because they're not, these NDAs are not tight enough. Uh, but her agent's also enough. shit because how do you get Shelley Long and you're not like making plays to get her on RuPaul's Drag Race? How are you not getting her like plays to just be- Not doing good enough. Like they,
0: not doing good they enough. They don't
1: understand like what the what They the don't understand they
0: how to use her. <laughs> They do not understand how to use her. Making her Jay Pritchett's ex-wife in Modern Family. Okay, whatever. But you are not using your asset. They didn't even use her properly in that show.
1: She needs to be like in Why Women Kill.
0: (laughs) Yes. 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 Yeah. Just like, Shelly, use... The psychotic behavior. Use it in your performance, mama. I'm a fan. I'm a fucking fan. Use it, girly. I will be number one person gassing you up. Get Shelly Long back on the air. If
1: that yogurt story is any indication, then she would have blown Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List out of the fucking water if she did a reality show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like.
1: Like where Kathy Griffin's yeah, like I handing think, out her it, own just, leaflets and shit.
0: It's just like, much like Diane, I think there's too much pride there.
1: Yeah. she
0: Shelly, let's cut it, cut it down by like 25%.
1: She could just look in the mirror and say, I'm never going to be like an A-list celebrity again. But if I would just allow it to happen, the gaze will make me immortal.
0: <laughs> immortal, Shelly. Immortal. You are this close to being like a perennial drag performance. Like you you were so close. Troop
1: Beverly Hills. I want it is on my like to Halloween list um to ha- to do the Troop Beverly Hills like uh red suit with like the black stripes and then the giant ass bird on the shoulder. Yes. Uh, that is, that's on the this... list of things that I got to get done before I die.
0: Literally. Shelly Shelley, Shelley. Bring back Troop Beverly Hills. This is all you have to do.
1: Yeah, just get Ryan Murphy to reboot. do a reboot of Troop Beverly Hills where everybody gets murdered. Yes.
0: Oh, this is where she needs to go. Shelly, you need to start talking to Ryan Murphy. Like, Jessica Lang retired. There be. is
1: an opening, ma'am.
0: There is an opening. This is where you could be immortalized. So this is my plan for her comeback career. Okay, we start with the Frasier reboot. She comes back for three episodes of the Frasier reboot. She burns down his relationship with Roz. (laughs) She gets Frasier back. Next episode. Out. Later's out of his life. Because let's say Sam calls her up. Later's out of his life. To go ruin Sam's again. Okay. She's back on the scene. We just had a very successful reboot of Frasier. Shows up and ruins (laughs) Frasier's life. She gets a call from Ryan Murphy. Okay? Ryan Murphy says, we're doing American Horror Story fucking 25. And I need you to play a celebrity who is murdering their assistants. (laughs) And Shelly, I want you to go full in on it. Full Scream Queen moment, right? Like, we we are borrowing a page from the Joan Crawford handbook. Okay? She is returning to horror, full camp. That... That that is stage two. Stage three. Troop Beverly Hills reboot. Mm. Yeah. The transformation will have been complete. It, it'll
1: be like a chilling Adventures of Sabrina, sort of like
0: uh,
1: <laughs> reboot of it. Where it goes dark. <laughs> They're like yes. domestic terrorists. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So I have the plan for you, girly. Let's do it. Let's make Can it we happen. Be Please agents? ruin Fraser's life again. <laughs> we just need to get our producer alter egos on the yep. case we need to make sure they channel all of their energy into shelly long stop focusing elsewhere we have a job to do
1: you're not going to get an oscar but you can have a million gays burning a candle for you a hundred years from now if you allow it to happen
0: <laughs> if you allow it to happen but instead all we get is like tabloid like bigfoot photos of her that's a rare sighting of Shelley Long.
1: She even in the biz we anymore. We can change
0: this. We can change this. I, I I think she, if I had to make a bet, she's showing up every once in a while on Hallmark. Okay,
1: here's our first like uh, in episode. I'm glad she's getting a paycheck moment. Um. Okay, so 2021 was her last entry where she was sharon in the cleaner she didn't even make the poster (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, no i think the last like major thing she had was modern family it's right
1: up 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 it's
0: not too late jessica lang did it yep she needs to take the
1: jessica lang play
0: (laughs) i refuse it i refuse to hear that it is too late for her to not say that don't ever say that bullshit to me again (laughs) it's not too late make
1: besties with ryan murphy or whoever fucking did chilling adventures (laughs) in riverdale yes
0: a hundred percent i feel like it's weird to end the episode like on a not sam and diane note so we'll just end it by saying um we don't think they should be together but we do think it is maybe the best will they won't they on television We'll see. This will be a series we touch again, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, both Cheers and the Because It Was On Will They Won't They.
1: They just, what they need to do, what they should do, is have an arrangement where they're where every seven years they be in the hotel room. And they have <laughs> passionate fuck. And uh, mm-hmm. then they go on with their lives. That's the perfect arrangement yeah, for them.
0: Truly. It truly is. But we'll see Diane again when she pops into the Fraser reboot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, ruins his life, and then that's maybe what the time Fraser has to go back and correct.
1: I want, I want it to like make people furious that Ross is only in the pilot.
0: <laughs> She's only in the pilot because <laughs> Diane burns down his life. It's out
1: of nowhere. Well, folks, it looks like the recording crapped out at this point, and uh, there is no record of the fascinating conversation that we surely had about Sam and Diane. I think at this point, we just sort of said goodbye anyways, so you know what to do. Like, rate, follow us on all of our platforms. We have a TikTok, we have Instagram. We're starting a Threads account. We have nothing on it right now, but apparently that's the place to go. So we will be more active on there. And thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, by way of explanation, there are a lot of references in this episode to Pride Month and Jessica's birthday being in the future even though it's on June 20th uh, just to let you know that is because we originally planned for this to come out in June but then we decided that we preferred to take a two because week break on, so uh, that's why. Thank you all for listening it was on, and take care. Bye. It was, it was on, I love you. Because was Because it was on Because it was on Because it was on Cause it was on, because it was on, we'll rate review and subscribe to
2: because it was on.
0: Woop 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 woop